What's going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got Kevin Stevie P coming at you. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, world? What's going on, everyone? So we are going to get you set for this Sunday's games. Uh, go through last night's game. Shouldn't be too hard to go through. Um, uh, but first, remember to check us out on the website, www.cheatcodesports.com. That's www.cheatcodesports.com. We have our rankings up there, weekly and yearly ranks. We have articles that come out weekly, a uh, waiver wire article, a wide receiver cornerback matchups, um, a buy-sell article, a streaming defenses article, and then we have a DFS article along with DFS lineups. So there's a lot of information on the, on the website, all free of charge, uh, as long as as well as the cheat codes and uh, you know the defensive breakdowns that uh, Steve is working on. That uh, basically tell you where each defense ranks against you know the run, the pass, running backs, quarterbacks, all that stuff. It's great fantasy tool when making comparisons for starting lineups. So uh, check all that stuff out. Uh, let us know what you think. Give us some feedback and, you know, let us know. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's start it off by going over last night's game. Um, first off, the defenses were both pretty good. <laughs> I mean, fantasy-wise. Yeah. You know, Denver gets a ton of sacks. Probably should have had a pick or two. But they get a ton of sacks in the game. And then the Jets get three interceptions, including one that goes back to the house. So the defenses wound up living up to their end of the bargain, I would say. Yep, I agree. It was, uh, you know, we told you guys the only thing we're starting on this Jets team was the defense and Jamison Crowder if he plays, basically. So it kind of ended up that way. Uh, You know, the Jets had a couple of good plays in the game and – you know, Sam Darnold ends up not killing you if you had to start Sam Darnold. I don't know why you would, but, you nah. know, he doesn't end up killing you. But, you know, for fantasy purposes, you know, this was this was honestly one of the worst coached games I've ever seen on both sides of the ball. Like Undisciplined football. So this is extremely bad. undisciplined football. Like, especially the Jets. Like, the Jets were... Like they were hitting guys late and they were doing, they were jumping off sides constantly and, you know what I mean? Like pass interference calls and holding calls. And it, it was a terribly, terribly coached game. That, that's the reason why Adam Gase is not fired because they know if they fired Adam Gase, they were probably going to have to go to Greg Williams. And after Greg Williams, like, well, let's be honest, we know Greg Williams' track record. So everything last night was. Probably a result of Greg Williams teaching and you know the Jets didn't want to instill Greg Williams as their interim head coach after everything that happened last night. So that's probably the reason that Adam Gase is still has has a job right now, because I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't see why they didn't just get rid of the whole regime and bring a whole new crew in here, to be honest, at this point. They're, they literally might go 0 and 16. Yeah, I don't really see. You know, a winnable game. Maybe Miami. Maybe they beat Miami. They're better than Miami. I don't think so either. But I mean, any given Sunday, a team can win. You know, Miami is the team that I can look at and say, all right, well, maybe they get a win against Miami. Um, You know, I don't know who else. I mean, I'm sure they play the Bengals. Jaguars. They play this year. The. I'm sure they play the Bengals. Yeah, I think so. I would have to look, but I'm. You know, it might be a team they play. It's just bad. It's bad. I don't I, actually. Actually, Miami probably plays the Bengals. 
So the and the Jets probably have to play Cleveland. So yeah, who knows? Well, you know, it's interesting, I'll, but yeah. Uh, I mean, this was one of the games that they probably had an, a shot to win with Brett Rippon starting, no Cortland Sutton, you know, Noah Fant goes down in the game, you know, just a bunch of stuff going on here that, that really opened it up for a win for the Jets and they didn't pull it off. Um, you know, from the Broncos side of the ball, Jerry Judy with his first touchdown, of course, you know, bosses the hell out of Desir. Desir made up for it with two interceptions, one for a touchdown. Uh, it was funny because we were going back and forth during the game. We were telling, talking about how Desir sucks. Uh, but then he turns around and has a nice pick on the sideline and then takes the next pick to the house. But I think he also got another deep ball caught on him later in the game. Like the dude literally was like either a big play or. A big play for or a big play against. See, that's the thing, though. Zier was not good in this game. Like, there's two interceptions. The one was literally thrown right to him. It looked like he was – like, he literally had time to drag his feet. He had a time to look the ball into his hands – and then drag his feet like that's that's like the ball is being thrown to you. You know what I mean? And we're thrown right at him because the second one was like literally I don't even know what like late and behind one, him on the sidelines. Well, it's not even that it was late. It was that Rippin was shaken. He was looking to, towards the flat. The flat was uh, the guy in the flat got out there too late and he was covered. So and then he had pressure coming at him. So he got rid of the ball without even looking to what was going on, you know, in the, uh, towards that wide receiver, and the wide receiver basically had three guys on him. He had a guy behind him, a good, he had a guy behind him, a guy over top of him, and then Desir was underneath him. So like there was there was no way that ball was getting complete. Uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, I'm going to say this: Melvin Gordon was not good in this game. No, he got to 45 touchdown touchdown that to, to, to seal it. And I'm sure everybody looked at his stats and said, yeah, Melvin Gordon, 107 yards and two touchdowns. He killed it for me last night. Melvin Gordon was not good. He was like literally two, three yards every carry. He was getting shut down at the line of scrimmage. And then, you know, like I said, he broke a 45-yarder to close the game out, which sent him over 100 yards and and, and added another touchdown. But, you know, Basically, like, I, I thought Melvin Gordon was terrible in this game. For the amount of carries that he got, he really would have only had 12 points if not for that last run. Yeah, Melvin Gordon had a 19-yard run and a 43-yard run in this game and finished, if you add those two up, that's 62 yards, right? Yeah. So 62 yards of his 107 rushing came on two plays. And the other 21 carries had was for 40, what, 47, 42 yards. Yeah. Like they're basically talking about two yards a carry for the rest of his, you know. And like I said, you know, he had a couple runs on the goal line. One, he got shut down. The other one, he barely got in. Uh, You know, they called it actually, you know, no touchdown, but it was a touchdown upon review. Um, I was telling Steve, like, I think Melvin's Gordon's problem is when he lines up in the backfield, he is flat footed. He is standing back there flat-footed with his knees bent, and he just has no initial burst to the ball, and he gets no explosion through the hole because he's just he's just standing back there. He's bent to the ground like he's basically taking a shit or something. And he's like, you know, I, I don't understand. I've never seen a running back get that low to, to start. Usually they're on the balls of their feet ready to get the ball, ready to, you know, take off towards the hole that they're supposed to go into. You know, Melvin Gordon just looks like he's just sitting there flat footed and he's done it for the last few years. And maybe, you know, that's just his style and, you know, it works for him, but it hasn't been good the last couple of years. 
Yeah, he's oh. always run like that. I don't I, since he's been in you know since he's been in college, he always ran like that, and he just. It was one of my biggest problems with Melvin Gordon coming out of college. A lot of people were like super high on him because all the numbers he had at you know Wisconsin, and he was, you know, he's you know supposedly the best. A lot of people were saying he's the best running back in that in that class, and I, you know, for me it wasn't close. Todd Gurley was the best running back in that class, and you know, I mean, I, I have, I still think Todd Gurley was the, <laughs> was the best running back in that class. He just injuries have sapped a lot of Todd Gurley's, uh, you know, potential. But you know, to me that wasn't close. I thought you know. I just who else, thought who else was in that class with Melvin Gordon and Ty Gurley? Oh man, I would have to think about it, but it's uh, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley. Uh, I don't believe that's the CMC year, is it? No, uh, CMC was in with Barkley. I'm pretty sure. Mm, Wasn't it CMC Barkley and Chubb? Yes, yep, that's the CMC year. I'm trying to think what other running back was with that's actually Barkley. Great three some running backs right there. Yeah, for real. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we'll I mean, yeah, we're getting um, long on this game. So really, yeah. just in this game, you know what I mean? Rippin, I mean, the one thing I will say about Rippin is he looked good on a lot of his throws, but those all three of those picks were terrible. Uh, so I'm not going out to pick up Brent Rippin. You know what I mean? I'm not, except, not you know, yeah, Tim Patrick. Not. You know, Tim Patrick, uh, you know, a lot of people were asking me, should I pick up Tim Patrick's, put some, you know, some waiver money on him? Honestly, this is the first time we've ever seen Tim Patrick really have, like, a huge game. And I need to see a more consistent target share for Tim Patrick for me to jump on Tim Patrick. Um, yeah, he, he will get picked up, though. So, I mean, I, I guess what we're basically saying, you know, what Steve's basically saying is is not really to waste your money on, on Tim Patrick this week, but somebody's going to. Um, and, yeah, I mean – Tim Patrick has played, you know, he was, he was a starter last year and you didn't even know he was out there half the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm good on Tim Patrick, honestly. Um, do I think it can, you know, it can happen again? Absolutely. But you know, I, I'm cool with waiting it out and, and, you know, missing the boat on him. If he does happen to keep this production going. Yep. All right, guys. So that wraps up that Thursday night game. Like Steve said, we took a little longer on it than we probably should have. So, uh, let's get into, uh, the games for this week, shall we? Uh, and we are going to start it off with, let me see, let me pull up these games. All right. So the first game we're going to get into is the Cardinals and Panthers. So this is a quick one. <laughs> yeah, this is, pretty, this is a pretty quick one. I mean, obviously, you're starting Kyler Murray. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a game-time decision, so you're going to have to pay um, you know, pay attention to DeAndre and you know whether he makes his way out there. Uh, are you interested in any other receivers? You know, Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Are you in- interested in any of those guys if uh, um, you know Hopkins is out? Yeah, honestly, um, I, if Hopkins does sit and Kirk does sit, because we're not sure about Christian Kirk either, if both those guys sit, I'm going to be really interested in in uh, Andy Isabella. I mean, we saw Andy Isabella get you know more targets than we're used to seeing him get last week because Christian Kirk wasn't in. He scores two touchdowns on those. We do know that Andy Isabella can fly like the wind. I mean, the dude ran a four three uh, at the combine, so we know that dude is fast as shit so of all those guys Andy Isabella is probably going to be the only one that I'm really interested in because you know Larry Fitzgerald is still going to be to me Larry Fitzgerald will probably take over a little bit of what DeAndre Hopkins was doing because DeAndre Hopkins was basically being like the 
great possession receiver. So, you know, Larry's probably going to still continue that, you know, you know, that possession receiver role. And, you know, if they need to take some deep shots in this game, it's going to be with Andy Isabella. So, you know, I I do think Hopkins is going to play in this game. I don't I don't think he's going to yeah, sit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, you know, they said it's precautionary right now. They're you know, but he has a game time decision. And knowing D Hop, he's going to play. Yeah, and if he doesn't play, my thing is I'm all over Kenyon Drake. I think Kenyon Drake winds Hell up being kind of their, yeah. you know, their their uh, utilization <laughs> plan yeah, uh, to get him the ball more if D Hop is out, especially Pan- against Carolina. Yeah, from the Panthers' side of the ball, yeah, because Carolina hasn't been terrible against uh, running backs. Yep. Um, from the Carolina side of the ball, I think all the culprits are pretty much the same. You know, you got Mike Davis, who's a very good start here. Um, you have um, DJ, DJ Moore, Moore Robbie Anderson, and like Robbie Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, both of those guys. I mean, so those, those three are pretty much it from the Panthers' side of the ball. Um, you know, not really much more to add to that. I mean, uh, at this point, I don't think anybody's starting Teddy Bridgewater except in two two QB leagues. Um, you know, and they're having Curtis, trouble punching it in. So I do like yeah. the Arizona Cardinals defense this week. Okay, so there you go. The Cardinals defense is a you know potential streaming defense if you're looking for somebody to pick up. Uh, anything else on this game, or can we move on? Yep, let's move on. All right, moving on to the Colts and the Bears. All right, so in this game, you know, I, I think Jonathan Taylor could have a good one. Uh, reason why is because I think I don't know if this game's relatively close, so to speak, but I can see, you know, I can see it being relatively close, maybe ten points, something to that nature. And if that's the case, I don't think they're just going to be yanking Jonathan Taylor like they did last week against the Jets when they were up thirty points. You know, um, I think that you know Taylor will be getting close to 25 carries in his game and you know if that's the case you know he, he's liable to have a big one because like Steve said yesterday in the in the daily fantasy podcast like the Bears are able to be run upon so you know definitely like Jonathan Taylor in this one um, and I do think Naeem Hines could be a flex play because uh, he's liable to catch four or five balls uh, right off the bat um, T.Y. Hilton uh, is probably a flex starter at this point you know hopefully See, the thing with T.Y. is that the last couple weeks they've been blowing teams out. So with that being the case, they haven't really needed to throw the ball. Uh, So T.Y. last week only got three targets. But, you know, I do think that that's going to change and and his production is going to rise. Just be patient on T.Y. Yep, I agree. You know, Zach Pascal also a good start for me this week. But the the guy that I think a lot of people are asking about because Jack Doyle is healthy for this game and is going to be playing is Mo Ali Cox. Uh, honestly, with Michael Pittman Jr. being out for this game, they already said that he's he's already listed out. Uh, they put him out. Yeah, actually yesterday I believe uh, said he was not going to play in this game. Uh, I think they're going to run a lot of two wide receiver set with Z like with T Y and, and Zach Pascal and probably run a lot of twelve personnel with Jack and Mo Ali Cox out there. Uh, so I do think Mo'Ally Cox is a guy that I would mind starting because it, it's, it's clearly apparent that Philip Rivers likes throwing to this guy. So, you know, as long as he's on the field, which it seems like this probably going to be a lot of the time because, you know, no Paris Campbell, no Michael Pittman Jr. I don't think they have a whole lot of faith in Ashton Doolin or uh, uh, DeRace. Something something Fountain. I, I think it's DeRace. Yeah. Doris. Oh, I can't remember. But um. You know, with those guys being inactive for this game, you know, I think it's going to be a situation where 12, 12 personnel, especially with how they're probably going to want to run the ball in this game, is, you know, 
uh, something we're going to see a lot. So I, I still like Mo Alley Cox a lot. Yeah, throwing him out Mo Alley Cox is almost like throwing the LeBron James. For he's real, like six, like six, eight. He's like a 6'8". He's huge, eight. dude. Yeah, he is huge. massive. Like, you can see it on yeah. the field clearly when, when he catches the ball. Like, the guys that are trying to tackle yeah. him are like itty-bitty. He's, he's, <laughs> he's a monster. He's a big dude. Yeah. From the bear side of the ball, um, I'm pretty only pretty much only good with starting uh, Montgomery and Allen Robinson. You know, yep. I pretty much is, is you know, I'm not really trying to start uh, Anthony Miller against this Colts defense. They're pretty pretty they've been pretty good this year. Uh, so, you know, to me, you know, those two guys really from the bear side of the ball right now are only um, the only startable players in this game. Yeah, if if you're hurting at tight end because you lost Janu this week, or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you have some injuries to to certain guys, uh, Kittle should be coming back this week. So it, it you know that that's nice. But uh, let's say you had Jimmy Graham and you also had, like I said, um, Janu Smith. Uh, I would play Jimmy this week, I, and I wouldn't, you know, be too scared about it because Nick Foles does like to throw to the tight end, and obviously he has a rapport with Jimmy, as you could see last week. So to me, you know, uh, it's not the best matchup, and I'm not super excited to start Jimmy, but it's, I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to completely kill you. He'll probably catch a couple of balls, and you got to pray he gets in the end zone just like every other tight end. Yep. All right. So next game up on the list is the Jaguars Bengals. All right. So from the Jaguars side of the ball. Uh, you know, you got um, James Robinson, obvious start at this point. Um, and, you know, DJ Chark is healthy and ready to go in this game. So I think those two guys, um, anybody else do you like Keelan Cole? I mean, after what we saw last week, it's kind of hard to say I like Keelan Cole as a starter. He only got, I think, four or five targets yeah, in the no. game. It, to me, it's and, and that was a game they were throwing a ton. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you said, to me, it's literally just Chark. Uh, James Robinson, and with Chark playing, I do like Gardner Minshew. Um, I don't think Gardner Minshew is going to be a, you know, a guy that's played very much. But you know, after last week's showing, um, if you remember what Gardner Minshew, they eventually benched him after you know he had that terrible game. game. Yeah, after that Houston game, they benched him for Nick Foles again. But after two weeks, Nick Foles was taken out and Gardner Minshew was put back in. And Gardner Minshew had a pretty good game that that week. So, you know, I I, I don't want to say that he's good after games that he's been terrible in, but um, you know, after last week's game, I I think quarterbacks especially that he's been terrible. In. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, after last week, you know. He's had 10 days. It was their Thursday night game. He's had 10 days to get his mind right, get over that game, and, and come to this game with a fresh you know, fresh little mindset on it. So I think Gardner Minshew actually will come in here and have a pretty good game. I'm not recommending you start Gardner Minshew over some of the guys that people started Gardner Minshew over, like psychos. Uh, you know, I, I've seen somebody say they started Gardner Minshew over Patrick Mahomes because he was playing the Ravens. Like, what, yeah. what are you doing? But, um, you know, if you have like a situation where you have Carson Wentz, who's been terrible uh, over the past, you know, three weeks, you know what I mean? Gardner Minshew is probably a guy I'm starting over, you know, over, over Wentz. Yeah. Um, and then you got the Bengals side of the ball. You know, you got Mixon out there, Tyler Boyd out there. Um, you know, AJ Green, I think, is, is a possible start in this game. You know, CJ Henderson got roasted last week by Devontae Parker. Um, and I feel like Devontae Parker and AJ Green are pretty similar wide receivers. You know what I mean? They're just, you know, I looking at Devontae Parker's history, he almost seemed like more of a downfield threat. But last week, he was just beating him on quick slants and, you know, getting open really quick. So, you know, I can see A.J. Green doing a little bit in this game. Uh, you know, I don't know if you necessarily need to start 
AJ Green. Hope you know, but you know, I can see him having a good good game in this one. Um, I probably would leave T, T Higgins alone. You know, for this week and and wait and see what happens. Uh, personally, how do you feel about T Higgins? Um, yeah, T Higgins. I know he last was, week he was highly two, picked up. Yeah, yeah he was yeah, highly picked he was up, highly picked up definitely. And uh, you know, after last week's game, I watched the tape and everything. And I, you know, I told you after you know two weeks ago that I liked T Higgins. Uh, you know, he did a lot of the same thing that he did in the first game. You know, I just actually on YouTube, it'll be up after actually this podcast is up um, uh, on the YouTube. I did a breakdown of Joe Mixon. So I watched the entire game from the coaching angle. Um, And T Higgins did a lot of the same things that I saw, you know, him do in other games that I'm like, I'm impressed with this kid. Like he, he is so in tune with what Joe Burrow is doing you'll see a lot of the time that he's looking at Joe Burrow and when Joe Burrow's in trouble, he knows it right away and he's running towards Joe. Like he does it all the time. And Joe Burrow, if you noticed in a lot of the past games, he's not getting great run block or pass blocking because his offensive line sucks ass. So he's scrambling a lot. And when he's getting out of the pocket, you know, he's just making himself open. He's finding the open space and he's just kind of sitting, waiting, um, which, you know, is a great trait to have in a, in a rookie wide receiver. So, you know, I think as the season goes on, he's going to be a whole, like a lot bigger part of this offense, you know, and uh, honestly, I know T, you know, AJ Green is, has been one of the best receivers in, in, in football for a long time, but you know, Next season would not be surprised me if they let AJ go and they have you know Boyd and and you know Higgins, you know as oh, that's the, definitely gonna be yeah the case. Uh, you know you know Boyd and Higgins as the number one and two guy and I think this team's gonna be really good so Higgins is the guy that I'm holding on to I'm not playing this week but I, you know it wouldn't surprise me if he had a good game. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, I know they got to build up that offensive line clearly, but. You know, if they they could go out and replace AJ Green with Jamar Chase from LSU, his, his old teammate, and that would be just a deadly wide receiver combination. Uh, so there you go. Um, Browns and Cowboys uh, is the next game up uh, from the Brown side of the ball. You know, starting not everybody. really. Inter- What's that? <laughs> I'm starting everybody. I'm starting every- I'm starting everybody Baker? in these two games. I'm starting everybody. I'm starting in these Baker. Two games. Yep. No, not Baker. Obviously okay. not big. but anybody that anybody that is a viable starter that I'm starting, yeah. Uh, are you know, you starting, are you all right? So here's the real question. Yep. Are you starting Jarvis Landry? Yes, I in this game, yes. Yep. You are. Yeah, because okay. I think the Cowboys are going to score on the Bengals. I mean, on the on the Browns, and just for that fact alone, I think in the last two games, those guys haven't gotten targets because they've been pummeling the last two teams they played. But in the Baltimore Ravens game, both those guys had over nine targets. So if these guys get nine targets against the Cowboys corners, come on, dude, come on, dude. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. You know, both uh, Odell Beckham, Chris Landry are, you know, viable starts this week, as well as Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, Any love for Austin Hooper or we just, you know, nah, because Baker just don't throw his tight end. Yeah, Baker don't throw his tight end. I mean, like, I I told people, you know, like, and I don't, I'm not saying this because I'm bragging about, you know, anything. But to me, it's It's a fact. Yeah, to me, it's, yeah, to me, it's very simple. I think people make fantasy football a little too complicated. If the quarterback that you play for doesn't throw to your position, you're not going to be good in fantasy football. And it's not a knock on Austin Hooper's talent. It's a knock on that in this system, 
They have two wide receivers that funnel they funnel targets to. They also have a running back that they funnel targets to in Kareem Hunt. And then they have a big back that they like to run the ball with a lot with. So it, it's just a it's just a play, you know, to, you know, it's just a play-by-play basis. You don't you're not gonna run 80 plays a game. If you run 80 plays a game, then yeah, maybe Austin Hooper gets, you know, eight targets a game. But this team is not a run 80 plays a game. They want to run the fewest plays in the league, and it's because they run the ball so damn much. You know what I mean? Like, they and they're successful running the ball. They're both both their running backs are averaging over six yards a carry in this season. Like, they run the ball well. So there's no need to throw to the tight end. You know what I mean? Like, they have two wide receivers that are really good, and they have a wide receiver. They have a running back out of the backfield that basically is a wide receiver. So you know, Austin Hooper's just not needed in this offense. Yeah, and Kevin Stefanski's offense, if we recall from last year, you know, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith were not really thrown to very At much all. in that offense really, no. either. And, uh, you know, really Austin Hooper was brought there to block. Yep. Um, from the Cowboys side of the ball, now you're starting everybody. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> Literally everybody. everybody. I'm starting I'm all. CeeDee Lamb. I'm, I'm starting yeah. everybody. It don't matter who. Lamb, Gallup, Cooper. The tight Elliot, end. Dak. You know what I mean? Dalton Schultz. Yep, everybody. You know I mean, Dalton Schultz is a, is a good streaming option if you need a tight end this week. Yep. Um, you know, maybe you lost Janu or, uh, you know, need need a tight end because of injury if that's <laughs> the case. Um, yeah, the five skill know, positions. Schultz, yeah, the, Dalton Schultz is a good one. Yeah, the five skill positions on this team are all getting started, and Six. Dak Prescott. <laughs> oh, you know okay, I mean? five. Yeah, 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 you're right. Five. The five and Dak Prescott, they're all getting started. Yeah. So there's not really any need to go into elaborate what these guys are going to do. If you're not starting these guys, then I would love to know who you have, you know, yeah. as your third wide receiver that you would not start CeeDee Lamb at home in a game that has a 54-and-a-half over-under with the Cowboys projected to score like 30. So, yeah, uh, almost 30. Um, I'm, I don't get it. Yeah, I agree. All right, that was pretty quick and simple. Let's move on to the next game, the Saints and the Lions. Um, from the Saints' side of the ball, uh, Michael Thomas is out in this game. Uh, you know, that did not stop Drew Brees last week from, you know, having a pretty good game. Uh, but at this point, what do you feel about Drew Brees? Uh, I would have liked Drew Brees a whole lot more if he had Michael Thomas in this game. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, really – Honestly, sound like Bobby Alvin Farland over I here. I know, speaking, right? Just speaking the obvious. Yeah, you ain't lying, man. But you know what? The one thing that I liked that I saw last week out of Drew Brees is that he actually started making it a point to make Emmanuel Sanders part of this of this team. Like it, it really. When you watch the game last week, you could actually see like he was actually looking at Emmanuel Sanders a lot. I mean, he may not have thrown it to him, but if you watch the game back, you can see like he's looking his way first and then he might be checking down to, to Kamara or he was looking his way and then he might check it down to Cook or, you know, but he was looking Emmanuel Sanders way a lot. And if he's going to continue to do that, then, you know, I do think he'll be a lot more relevant, you know, than some people are giving him credit for. Yeah, um, I'm actually not the biggest Drew Brees fan in this game, and I'm going to tell you why, uh, you know. I guess I shouldn't say I'm the biggest Drew. Brees. I'm not the biggest Drew Brees fan if he's going to do what he did last week. But like I could literally see the exact same thing. Kamara might have 15 catches. Um, I saw a little bit. I'll actually say I saw a lot of the Lions and Cardinals game last week, and Jeffrey Okuda was actually very good. Um, even got himself an interception in the game. Um, and if Okuda is going to wind up being on 
Sanders, I do think he's going to be able to do a decent enough job, um, you know, kind of eliminating Sanders. I'm not going to say Sanders is going to be taken all the way out. He's a veteran receiver. He's going to get his. But there is no Jared Cook there. So now we're talking basically Traquan Smith and, you know, Kamara getting all the love. And in that case, in that situation, you know, I think it's going to be just a lot of Latavius Murray. I think I think Latavius Murray is actually a pretty good start in this game, honestly, because I could see him getting 15, 15 carries and maybe getting into the end zone. Uh, we talked before about you know how Aaron Jones kind of tr- you know went through this Lions team, so I can I can see Kamara being used a lot in the passing game and Latavius Murray getting like 15, 15 to twenty carries. Um, so I think both of those guys are starting. And I, you know I, I wouldn't mind starting Sanders in a flex spot if I needed to, honestly. Yep, I agree. I, I mean, like, and that's that's basically where you're starting, Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, you're definitely not putting him in your wide receiver too. But if you're hurting at flex this week because maybe you lost, you know, a whole bunch of, the, you know, maybe you stacked your team with Pittsburgh Steelers or Tennessee Titans. You know, maybe you're, you know, maybe hurting up your flex a little bit this week. And you know, Emmanuel Sanders is definitely a guy that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be super crazy excited about it. But I do also do think he could probably have like four for fifty or you know mm-hmm. something like that, and that's not going to kill you. Yeah. From the Lions side of the ball, I love Kenny Galladay this week. There is no Marshawn Lattimore. There is no Janoris Jenkins. Both of those guys have already been ruled out. Mm-hmm. I love Kenny Galladay this week. He's got one game under his belt now. He got into the end zone that game. I think this is just going to be a Kenny Galladay. Like, they're going to be chucking to Kenny in this one. I I think I think I have Kenny Galladay. Let me, let me look at where I have Kenny Galladay. I have him pretty high. Um I actually have Kenny Galladay as my number six wide receiver in this game. So yeah, I, I think Kenny Galladay is going to go off. Mm, yep. I agree. Yeah, I mean Kenny Galladay is one of the best receivers in fantasy football and I had him ranked at six overall before the season started, before obviously the injury. Um, but yeah, I love Kenny Galladay to me, even with Marshawn Lattimore, I just, a lot of people say, oh yeah, he's good at shop shutting down taller wide receivers, but he's really not. I mean, he, he just had, he's just in Mike Evans head. Everybody says that because he's Mike Evans is the only one he really, yeah, like Mike Evans is the only guy he really, really does anything against and like really shuts down. I would say, I wouldn't say does anything against cause he's a very good corner. Uh, but you know, he shuts down. Mike Evans, and it's just because he's got Mike Evans got something in his head about him. I don't, I don't know if they hate each other or you know, I don't know. Maybe it's a college thing. There's always something going yeah, on. There's something the going on there. I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know if it was it leads all the way back to college or the first time they ever played against each other. State. Yeah, it might say, be. Lattimore went to Ohio State and Evans yeah. went to what A and M. A and M. Yeah. So. I don't think- I don't think yeah, it's probably not a college thing, thing but you know, it, it's if it, there's something there. It's I don't know what the hell it is. That's what that, that's what it is. They yeah. play see each other twice a year. Yeah, so they just don't like each other. But you know, yeah. um, to me, it, this is a situation where Kenny Galladay is going to see a whole bunch of targets, and I do think that the, you know, I do think that the New Orleans Saints are going to be able to score in this game. I don't think it's going to be a, you know, I, I I think the Lions are going to have to throw the ball to stay in this game. They're not going to be able to rely on Adrian Peterson, you know, running the ball 25 times a game to to win this game because. You know, the Saints run defense is one of the best in the league. So I could definitely see a situation where, you know, they're throwing a lot. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. You know, we saw them uh, pretty much, you know, I don't want to say shut down, but uh, basically do a good job of taking away Aaron Jones and Josh Jacobs the last couple weeks. Uh, so despite losing those games, they, they actually took out those two weapons. So, you know, the way to attack them is through the air. So, yeah, I think that. 
uh, this could be a real big game. This is this is a Kenny Galladay game, and they're going to want. I think they go. They really want to get him involved, and and I think Stafford is actually a good streaming option if you need a you know a quarterback with a tough matchup. You know, maybe like you said, Wentz or you know somebody like that. You know, I think Stafford is a good guy to throw in there if uh, if you're able to. Um, I guess he wouldn't be on too many waiver wires at this point, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you had if you had Stafford and you know Big Ben, if you had Stafford and Breeze, I mean, I would start Stafford over Breeze personally. So yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I have Breeze pretty low down there. I have Breeze at like I don't know, I think fourteen or fifteen this week, but um, I have thirteen. Yep, Stafford so, uh, eleven and Breeze thirteen. There you go. So on the other, you know, the other players for the Detroit Lions, you know, I would. I would start AP, you know, if you had like Derrick Henry or something like that and you needed, you know, you had AP on your bench and you needed a flex, you know, I would start AP. Uh, I'm not super high on AP this week, but I think he's going to get at least 15 carries in this game. And with 15 carries, you know, AP can get, you know, 60, 70 yards. And like I said, that's not going to kill you. Uh, obviously, Kev said Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones, I think, is is viable, but I'm not super excited to start Marvin Jones because I do think the title – I do think the way to attack this Saints team, and a lot of people have realized it since that Raiders game, uh, Green Bay definitely realized it because they scored two touchdowns through the tight end position last week. Uh so I love TJ Hawkinson this week also. I think TJ Hawkinson and Kenny Galladay are just going to get funneled targets in this game. And uh, on the back end, Kenny Vaccaro and um, – and uh, I forget his other name. I forget the other dude's name. I've uh, just been hemorrhaging points to the tight end position. They've not been able to – you know, the safeties and the linebackers on this team are just not able to cover, you know, safeties that are able to move around even at all. You know I mean, we saw Darren, what Darren Waller did to this team. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Hawkinson got seven to eight targets in this game, because the lions realized like, Hey, you know, everybody's attacking them with the tight end and it's, it's successful. So Hawkinson is a, is a game changer type of tight end. So uh, we're going to, you know, throw the ball his way a lot this week. Yep. <clears throat> all right. So next game up is the Vikings and Texans uh, from the Vikings side of the ball. I think there's only really, you know, you have Cook and Thielen. Uh, do you consider Jefferson a start uh, at this point, you know, after last week? No, I like don't get me wrong. I, this was a situation and, and, and I got this question a lot. A lot of people were like, oh, is he an automatic start now? 175 yards and two touchdowns. That's that's ridiculous. And blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, listen, first of all. The Tennessee Titans, we've been telling you guys for weeks, like since week one, that this team, both of their starting you know, corners are hurt. And they have just been hemorrhaging points to the wide receiver position because they're starting their third string, you know, their wide, their, their, you know, corners. Like they're starting third and fourth string corners, uh, you know, for this team. So, you know, they, and their offenses have just been scoring a lot of points. So to me, you know, I think there's a situation where, you know, Jefferson was going up against a, a team with really bad cornerback play, and he got a couple of long bobs thrown to him, and he caught them and, and scored because these corners are just terrible for the Tennessee Titans. I don't think that's the case, you know, this week. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I do think he's going to see the second most targets on the team behind Adam Thielen in a game that Minnesota has to win. Like, they have to win this game. But so does Houston. And Houston has not been really getting burnt all kinds of crazy on the back end, other than that, other than that first game against, you know, KC. You know, everybody, that, everybody gets burnt against KC. You exactly. Can't even consider, you can't even consider that a, a real thing. Exactly. So you know, to me, I think that the Houston Texans. I don't think they're much better, but obviously they have two starting corners. They're, I mean, they're in, they're not injured. Uh, 
at their starting corner position. So I do think they're going to limit the, those guys a little bit, and they're not going to. He's not going to get 175 yards and and you know what he did last week. So you know I would start him in my flex if I lost a bunch of players due to this COVID shit that happened this week. Um, but other than that, he's a flex play for me. I'm you know some people are asking if they should start him over guys that. There is no way I'm starting him over. I, I you guys got to read some of these start sick questions I've gotten o- over Jefferson. It's bad. All right, and from the Texans side of the ball, um, Deshaun, David Johnson, Will Fuller, uh, all starts for me this week. Um, where do you have Brandon Cooks? Uh, I actually it- have Brandon Cooks pretty high this week because uh, we had that little. Uh, little bit of nerves about what was going on with Will Fuller because Will Fuller was, you know, banged up all week and limited in practice. And today he's a full participant, full participant in track and practice. Um, but for basically the ra- earlier in the week when I did my ranks, which I'm going to switch a, a, a couple of guys up tonight, I have Brandon cooks at 29. So Ooh. I'll probably lower him a little bit. It's not going to yeah, be a lot. I got him at 38. Yeah, I and, and I'll probably put him, like right now, like I said, he's at thir- 29. <sighs> I'd probably move him down to like 30. I will probably have, see, because I have Alan Lazard at 34. So I probably, like, right in front of Brandon Cooks. So Alan, Alan Lazard obviously is gone. So I probably move Brandon Cooks to like 30. I'll put him right in front of Russell Gage at 33. So he'll be my 33, you know, 33rd wide receiver. Yep. All right. So, you know, he is probably a borderline flex play for Steve. Uh, for me, I'd probably have other other players I'd rather start, um, you know, uh, you know, but it is what it is. I mean, I, I do think that the Texans are going to be able to throw the ball um, on this um, Viking secondary. And I also think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, honestly. I do, too. I think this is going to be actually one of the higher-scoring games in the week. And it, you know, it's another game that has a 54.5 over-under. So, they, you know, Vegas obviously thinks so, too. And the over is actually being bet, like, hard. The over in this game is actually betting being bet, like, a lot more. So, actually, they, they, they uh, you know – we're saying that they were going to up it. So I don't know if it actually moved yet because I looked at it yesterday. And it was still 54 and a half. So I don't know <laughs> That's how when you much bet the under. Moved. That's when yeah. you got to bet the under. That's when you got to bet the, the under. That, that is one of, <laughs> yeah. one of those things in Vegas. Everybody's when everybody's betting, betting over, the over. Yeah. Yep, you got to start. You got to bet the under, but yep. you know, as of right now, I don't know if they changed it. I will look that up for you guys, but, uh, you know, I, I do think there's going to be a high scoring game. And if it, even if it gets to 54, that's, that's still a high scoring game. And I, I do think that, you know, everybody in this, in this, you know, in this team is viable. Yep. All right. So next game up, uh, the Seahawks and Dolphins, uh, Seahawks out of the ball. I think it's a good game to bench Russ. Um, probably take him out. Of, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, take nah. him out. Yeah. He sits the pine this week. Yep. Nah, of course Russ is playing. Uh, they are saying Chris Carson is going to suit up for this game. I don't know what his workload would be. And I honestly would not feel comfortable starting him. Yep. Knowing that Hyde is there personally, uh, so I think that I would probably go in a different direction if I had, if I was able to, uh, other than starting Chris Carson. Okay, so real quick before we continue, I, I, all week I've held this in, and I am going to unleash a little bit all of my frustration from last weekend's DFS plays on my man DK Metcalf because I love DK Metcalf and, and I just think he's a really good wide receiver, but. 
if he ever pulls that shit again, that Deshaun Jackson dumbass drop the you know drop your guard at the one yard line and not score shit again, I'm gonna lose it <laughs> because he cost me a lot of money last week. And I've been wanting to get this off my chest, and I haven't gotten a chance to. But now I'm gonna do it because I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you to play DK Metcalf every every goddamn week. But that shit had me mad last week. You have no idea, especially when I got into like that last fourth quarter when when I was like, oh man, I need these guys to like, score. I'm I was like, yo, dude, yo, bro, that could have been huge for me right now. You know what I mean? That's yeah. an extra six points. Like I would have taken oh, over. You had Russell. Yeah, I had Russ. You know what I mean? Like that was an extra. That play was like an actual twelve, like a twelve point play. Like, it, it, it literally hip-dropping that ball cost me 12 points. And, you know, I yeah. still wouldn't have won the tournament, but it would have got me into, like, I think I think it would have got me in ninth place, I think it was. But, you know, still, like, God, man, that pissed me off. Yeah. Um, you're not start. You're not. You're not sitting DK Metcalf or or Tyler Lockett in this game. You know they obviously can go off. And you know if you need a tight end, I, I think Greg Olson is probably a guy you can uh, stream this week as well. Um, from the Dolphins side of the ball, I think Fitz is. If you need a streaming quarterback, this dude's going to have to throw the ball. They're For not real. going to stop. They're not going to stop Seattle. And, no. You know, they're going to have to put up points to keep up with Seattle. And if that's the case, you know, we've seen Fitzmagic. He might have three touchdowns and two picks in the game, but, you know, he'll throw for 350 and three touchdowns and have two interceptions. And I'm calling him now. Fitz is throwing for over 400 yards in this game. I would love that. You a guy heard who it here him, first. Has him in, in some uh, fantasy uh, DFS lineups. Um, yeah, so Fitz is actually a pretty good streaming start. Um, you know, Miles Gaskin, you know, I guess, you know, if you need to start him, you know, I, I do think he could get some love out of the backfield. He got like six catches last week, so I think you're going to see a lot of that probably. Um, and I, I think you can start, you know, Devontae Parker for sure as a start. Um, and I think you could start, honestly, Preston Williams in your flex if you actually, if you know, if you want to. Um, I have, where do you have Preston Williams? I actually have Preston Williams at 36, right ahead of Cooks and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I have, I have Preston Williams, I believe, pretty high. I have Devontae Parker at 18, which I might actually think, move him up a little bit because I like I him a little more than I like Terry McLaurin and DJ, DJ Moore in this game. So yeah. he's going to move up for me, definitely. And I have Preston Williams at 38, but that was before we found out about a couple of injuries. I, I have Emmanuel Sanders at 36, which he's going to move up to. So there's a couple of guys that I moved, you know, up because of injuries. I put Michael Thomas at three, so he's got to go down. There's a couple of guys that go up, got to go up. So he'll be in my top 36. All right, so both of those guys are potential flex plays at wide receiver. You know, Gaskin is probably a potential flex play at running back. Uh, you know, maybe even in an RB two. I have Gaskin ranked at twenty four, so I have him right at RB two. Uh, you know, last RB two uh, spot. Uh, so there you go. I mean, Miami's actually their offense has not been bad. You know, they're putting up a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of points and yards and, you yep. know. Fitz has two 30-point games. Yeah, just because you're a bad football team does not make you a bad fantasy football team. Mm, yep. <laughs> so. See, and that's the thing. Like, this, 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 my problem, and that's why kind of when we were talking about in the offseason, you know, of talking about Fitz and, and the Miami Dolphins, we'll just say this real quick because we got to move on. But, um, you know, 
Fitz has actually never been a terrible fantasy quarterback. It's been he's been on fa- you know terrible fantasy teams. Like when he has two good wide receivers, you saw what he did with the Jets. You know when he played with the Jets, uh, whatever five years ago when Brandon Marshall and and uh, who was it? It was Brandon Marshall and who was on the Jets team that you know the year that Fitz threw for like four forty two hundred yards and thirty touchdowns or something crazy. I want to say it was Brandon Marshall and. Oh, that's gonna kill me. Oh, it was uh Ah, uh, who was it? Brandon Martin. Wait. Fitz? Yeah, the, oh, yeah. with the Jets. It yeah, was with Brandon the Jets. Marshall and Eric Decker. Eric Decker. That's it. I mean, he had a thirty touchdown season. So this is not this is not a guy who's never done this before. Like, this is a guy who has had, you know, over, you know, forty three hundred I think he had forty three hundred passing yards that year and over thirty touchdowns. So, you know, this is a guy that we know can throw the ball like his, his problem has never been throwing the ball it's his problem has been interceptions if, if he could if he would have limited his his interceptions in his career his career would have been completely different yep all right so moving on to the next game uh we have the chargers and bucks yeah this is all this right. is a ugh. this is one of those games that i really do think is going to be a snooze fest like uh, a lot of people are, are talking about this game and saying you know it's going to be uh, you know the Tampa Bay Bucks just blow them out, and I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yes, honestly. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Really, two good defenses going up against each other, and you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't surprise me at all if this was like a twenty-four seventeen game at like at all. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Because um, I think Casey Hayward will do a great, great job on Mike Evans, yep. and you know, with Godwin being out, I don't really see any other weapons. There's no Leonard Fournette. Uh, so, you know, there's not really a lot that, that um, I believe um, Tampa Bay has on offense. It's going to be, you know, really able to just move the ball up and down on the Chargers defense. Um, and I actually, you know, like I said, I think Ronald Jones could probably have a pretty good game in this one just because he's going to touch the ball a ton. Uh, you know, so maybe he gets, you know, 15 to 20 carries and winds up getting, you know, 70, 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but, you know, outside of that, you know, from the Buck side of the ball, um, you know, you're not sitting Mike Evans, but this is definitely like a temper your expectations type of game because Casey Award to me is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Yeah, and my other thing is like, so Mike Evans is going to play, obviously. Chris Godwin is out. We already know that. But what's going on with Scotty Miller? Like, I I have not seen anything that says Scotty Miller. He came back to practice today. He did practice in full, though? He did. Okay, cool. So uh, that would have been a big, big question mark for me. And if we remember what happened the last time that, you know, uh, Chris Godwin missed the game because he uh, missed the game week, I believe it was week two. Um, So Justin Watson came in and Justin Watson got way more targets than Scotty Miller. So it basically made Scotty Miller irrelevant, if you remember. So um, Justin Watson is a guy that if you need a guy, I think Justin Watson could actually have a good game in this one. So he's a guy that I'm interested in, especially like DFS tournaments where, you know, not a lot of people are even going to think about him, but he got a bunch of targets. And, you know, this I do think Mike Evans will probably get shut down by Casey Hayward. I don't think he's going to have a big game and the ball's got to go somewhere. And I don't think Rock is very good. And O.J. Howard, I can't rely on O.J. So the guy that I'm actually going to put in my DFS lineups is Justin Watson, if I'm going for a a guy that I don't think is going to be very high owned. Yep. 
Um, and then from the Chargers side of the ball, I think the same thing, you know, what we said with Mike Evans, you're going to say about Austin Eckler. Um, I think you're going to have to kind of temper your expectations this week because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, I think they might be number one against, you know, fantasy defense against, you know, as, as far as against – well, they're back. number one against the pass as well, yeah. uh, like as stopping wide receivers. Uh, so, you know, basically they're number one against running backs, number one against receivers. Yeah. So they're they're basically shutting teams down. They I don't think they've played had the hardest schedule in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously they played Drew Brees and the Saints in, in week one, but you know Michael Thomas. You know I think they just kind of keyed on him and took him out. And you know I think if you do that to the Saints, you kind of ha- honestly have a pretty good. You know, success, especially with the way the run defense is to stop Kamara. But, uh, you know, outside of that, you know, this defense is good. So, you know, Austin Eckler, you're definitely going to have to, you know, not really expect what you've been getting from him the last couple weeks. Yeah. And real quick on that, Austin Eckler, Trey Turner and Brian Bulaga are both out of this game. So I'm like staying away from Austin Eckler completely in this game. Like I I want I know a lot of people are, are, you know, you have to start him because he's your starter but really, really temper your expectations because this is not a team that can only stop the run. They stop pass-catching running backs. Even Christian McCaffrey has a tough time scoring on this yes. type of eight team. So really, you know, temper your expectations with Austin Eckler this week because, you know, this is, you know, you're obviously starting him. You, you can't sit Austin Eckler. But, you know, if he does only, only get you 10, 15 points, don't, don't, you know, don't go crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't be starting Josh Kelly either if I had him in this one. Um, obviously, I would stay away from him. Um, Keenan Allen, I think you're you're obviously going to have to start. You know, he's a startable player, potentially as a flex guy, depending on where you drafted him and who else you have. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I have Keenan Allen as my – I saw him in here. Where the hell did I have him? I just saw him. He's right around – I have him at 18. So – you know, obviously, I would still be starting Keenan Allen, but you know, same thing with them. They're gonna ha- you're gonna have to, you know, lower your expectations. You know, Hunter Henry actually might be, you know, the best option out there for the passing game. Uh, but like I said, I, I I think that this is a low scoring affair. I think you can be looking at something like 17, 13, uh, uh, kind of final. Yep. And I have Keenan Allen at 11, but that's because I think they are going to target the shit out of Keenan Allen because they are not going to be able to run the ball. And I don't. I think they're going to super limit uh, Eckler out of the backfield, you know, pass catching wise. So they're just going to have to pelt, you know, Keenan Allen with a bunch of bunch of targets, especially with no Mike Williams in this game. All right, where are we time wise right now, Steve? We are at. 50 minutes. All right, yeah, we got to pick up the pace. All right, Ravens and uh, Redskins. Uh, from the Ravens' side of the ball, Lamar, obviously. Uh, where do you have Mark Ingram ranked? I think I have Mark Ingram at 23. So I have Mark Ingram, you know, just at, you know into my RB2 conversation, but I definitely want to start seeing more from him. Uh, otherwise, he's going to start dropping in my ranks. Yeah, Mark Ingram I have at 24. Um, and honestly, it all depends on if Chris Carson plays this week because if Chris Carson does not play this week, um, Carlos Hyde will go ahead of him. So he'll be outside my top 24. Yeah. So, um, well, Chris Carson, they said, is going to play. So, oh, okay. Well, there um, you go. <clears throat> they, he's expected to suit up, is is the report. Um, 
Yeah, so, I mean, obviously we have Mark Ingram as a start this week. Uh, you know, where do you have Hollywood Brown? I mean, do you have Hollywood as a starter? I have him yes. at 30. I have Hollywood at 25, so he's right inside my wide receiver threes. Okay, so, yeah, he's right around there for us, for me as well, uh, potential flex uh, wide receiver. Um, you know, Andrews, I don't think you're taking out of your lineup ever. Um, and don't be worried about Mark Andrews. Like, yes, the guy had a bad game the other night, and week two was not his best performance, but the guy is still getting a ton of targets. He had a, t- a target in the end zone. <laughs> You know, he is going to get his. He's going to turn it around. He's too good of a football player. Yep. From the Redskins side of the ball, uh, I you have know, one you gotta, starter. <laughs> I was going to say you got to be careful with Terry McLaurin. He's, he's yeah. He is going to the, see. Yeah. He's going to you know he's going to see Humphreys, and I think Humphreys is top three corner in the league. And I just have no like. I am starting Terry McLaurin only if like. I absolutely have to as a flex. Like I don't think he's going to play, man. I like personally, like usually, typically when guys show up on the injury report on like a a Friday or a Thursday or Friday, it's kind of like, oh, whoa, that came out of nowhere, and that's what happened yesterday. They were like, Terry McLaurin popped up on the injury report, you know, as a surprise, and I'm like, that's never a good word. Like when they say surprise on the injury report, it's never a good thing. I would be surprised if Terry McLaurin wound up, wound up playing, honestly. Yep. Antonio Gibson is literally the only guy on this team that I'm going to play. And that's like a deep flex. That's like a, and that, and I had him as a flex, as my wide receiver 20. I mean, my running back 27, um, you know, before hearing about Terry McLaurin. And now I have him down at 35. So he's like just in the, you know, top 36 for me at the running back. And he's like a deep, you know, a flex if you are really hurting. Yep. I agree. I'm a 29. Uh, so, uh, obviously we're not too high on the Ravens situation in this game. Nope. Moving on the giants and Rams giants, uh, in this game. Um, I think, you know, really the only two people I think you can start is, you know, Evan Ingram. I think Evan Ingram is really the only guy I would feel comfortable starting. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to start Slayton against Jalen Ramsey, and I do think that he's going to see Slayton one on one because if you watch the Giants, Slayton has been their number one receiver. Even when Shepard was there, they were targeting the hell out of Darius Slayton. So I do think Ramsey is going to be on Slayton, um, and I don't think at this point I feel comfortable starting Golden Tate. So to me, Evan Ingram would be the only guy I would want to start. Uh, from the Giants, um, I don't. I won't start anybody running on the running back. You know, any running back yet. Um, and you know, Daniel Jones. I have as my lowest ranked quarterback this week. I think I have Daniel Jones at number thirty. So. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, I agree. Nothing, yeah, nothing much to add there. And from the Rams side of the ball, I'm starting everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> starting, you know, Jared Goff. If you have to start him, you can start him. Um. Uh. Um, you know, Cooper Henderson, Cup, Woods, yeah, Henderson. Henderson, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, start them all. Uh, this could be like we like I like we said yesterday. This could be a track meet for for this Rams team, and I think that they could probably put up, they could put up forty points in this game. Yep. All right, that was a quick one. We'll move on to the probably the game of the week, uh, and it is the Patriots and Chiefs. Um, from the Patriots side of the ball, see, this is one of those games where I think like. You know, you could probably feel comfortable starting Cam. You could probably feel comfortable starting James White. You know, like you said yesterday, I think James White is actually a really good flex play this week because they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. Um, 
you know, I definitely think James White is going to see some some love this week. Um, Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry. I think Nikhil Harry is actually a good flex play this week if you need to, because um, I do think that, you know, they're going to have to throw to keep up with the Chiefs. They're not going to be able to ground and pound this the, the clock away. Uh, it's not going to work. You know, you saw what the what the, the Ravens just tried to do, and if the Patriots come in here with a similar game plan, they're going to get boat raced. So they're going to have to throw the ball to keep up. Yep. So I, I think all all three of those guys, uh, White, um, Edelman, and Nikhil Harry are all potential flex plays um, if you need to. And obviously Cam is a starting quarterback. Yep. And I would keep my eye on what is going on with um, – what is his name? The running back. Uh, Damian Harris. Yeah, Damian Harris. Just... I'm so excited. You know I'm excited. Yeah. I, said, I got that dude in our league. He's been sitting on my IR. I'm hoping that <laughs> winds up being something um, – it's kind of it, – I was watching last week's game, and I'm like, God damn, man. Of all games for Sony Michelle to just break out <laughs> two 35-yard runs, he ain't yep. never had a 35-yard run in his career, and he has two last week in one game. Yep. Like, of all games for this dude to break out two 35-yard runs right before Damian Harris is about to come back, like, damn, man. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I agree, 100% agree. I want to see if Damian Harris uh, comes back and, and is worked into this lineup or, you know, how he's, you know, what kind of role he's given. Definitely. And uh, that's basically it for the Patriots. Yeah, Chiefs out of the ball, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, CEH, uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, that's pretty much it. You know, I don't think you, you know, I don't think you're starting McCall Hardman, Marcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is probably not a bad flex play. He seems to be getting a lot of targets, and you know, he's been good for about you know four to six catches every game. So I don't think Sammy Watkins is a bad flex play, but hopefully you have a better option that you just don't have to count on Sammy because. Whenever you try to count on Sammy, he always lets you down. He ain't lying. <laughs> all right. Next game is the Bills and Raiders. Uh, so start all your Bills. Um, all of them. Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, um, you know, uh, Stefan Diggs, John Brown. John, John Brown is healthy now. He's fully practiced yeah, today. He seems like, yeah, he seems like he's ready to go. So all four of those guys are good starts. What do you feel about Zach Moss? Do you think Zach Moss could possibly come back and get into the end zone and steal some of that goal line work away? How do you feel about Moss? Um, I, you know, I mean, to me, to me, I think that this is a game where Devin Singletary is going to be more used. I, I mean, I definitely think Zach Moss is going to get touches. Don't get me wrong; like, I definitely think he's going to get touches, but. Uh, to me, this is more of a Devin Singletary game because I don't think the Bills are going to have really a tough time getting into the end zone in this game. Um, I do think they're going to put up some points because what I've noticed from teams watching the Bills games is teams are so used to Josh Allen not being able to throw the deep ball, he surprises them with it. Like in the first three games, he has surprised teams with the deep ball. You can clearly see it. Like they're they're sitting up to try to stop the run because they know he's mobile and he can run. And what he's doing is, you know, little rollouts and throwing it deep to Diggs or throwing it deep to John Brown or throwing it deep to, you know, whoever it is he's throwing it deep to. And that's really, it's really hurting teams. And I think the, you know, the Raiders, especially in the back end, I don't think they're that good. Yeah. So, Damon Arnett is not going to play in this game either. So. Exactly. So to me, um, you know, I, I don't think the bills are going to have a whole lot of t- tough, Tough time moving the ball. You know, I mean, it would if they do get in the red zone. You know, I I think it's probably going to be you know, it's probably going to be Josh Allen running the ball in for touchdowns, where Zach Moss is not going to be you know super utilized in that role because 
you know, like I said, he's coming off an injury, and I think Devin Singletary is going to be a big part of this game because we all have seen what the Raiders have given up to pass-catching running backs, and Devin Singletary is the team's pass-catching running back. So I like Devin Singletary a little bit more in this game. So I'm not starting Zach Moss. If I absolutely have to, you know what I mean, he'd be a flex, but, you know, I'd much rather start Devin Singletary in this one. Yep, and from the Raiders' side of the ball, I mean, you can't sit Josh Jacobs. Uh, and honestly, that's probably the best chance of winning because the Bills can give up ground game, you know, run, yards on the ground. Um, you can't sit, you know, Darren Waller. Um, you know, obviously last week, you know, it seemed like they kind of controlled Higby a little bit. Uh, so if they come out and do the same thing to Waller, Hunter have run Renfro could wind up having <laughs> a really good game. Yep. And if Hunter Renfro has a good game, you know, you know, he, he's a potential start as well in your flex spot. Um, Hunter Renfro, I just want to say this, like, is a great DFS play and yes. a great flex play this week because there's no, you know, Ruggs is basically, they said he's doubtful, so, yeah, you know. Yeah. Ruggs with, and, and Brian Edwards is out. Out so, already. So it's going to yeah. be Nelson Aguilar and Zay Jones on the outside with, with him in the middle. Come on, man. Like, of those three guys, who, who would you rather I don't think Trey Day can, I don't think Trey Day can stop Nelson Aguilar. I uh, know, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's going to be a long so, day for, uh, you know, for Hunter, Hunter Renfro. He's going to get a lot of targets in this one. It's going to be a long day for Derek Carr, in my opinion. For real. All right, so that moves on. We're on the last two games. Eight o'clock game is the Eagles and Niners. Uh, from the Eagles side of the ball is basically Ertz and Miles Sanders. That's it. For I'm real. not trying to start Carson Wentz, um, and there's no wide receivers. Sean Jackson's out. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is not back. Dallas Goddard is, you know, out. So basically, it's just Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz, and that is it. There ain't no further you can go with the Eagles team right now. You know what's funny though? Like this is one of those games. Like, and I hate to say it because I don't. I don't want the Eagles win. They'll, this will win. They'll win this game. Like, I, I, I'm so serious. Like, I was thinking this the other day. I was like, this is one of those. This is definitely one of those stupid eagle eagle wins because yeah. like everybody counts them out. Nobody thinks they're gonna win it. Everybody's got them as like six and a half point dogs in this game, and the Eagles are gonna come out and they're gonna win this game. That's I mean, like, I would not bet that, but this is definitely one of those type of games that the Eagles end up winning, and you're like. How the hell did that happen? Yep. And you see how good they play, and then you're going to be like, wow, Carson Wentz really is a good quarterback. Yeah, and then very next week, he's going to right back to shit. I uh, say next week they play Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh has basically a bye week this week. Yep. So, yeah, next week he'll be back to uh, week one through three, Carson. Yep. Uh, from the 49er side of the ball, um, you know, <laughs> I am not exactly high on McKinnon this week because uh, that is the one thing the Eagles do. They have not allowed more than 81 yards rushing to uh, running back yet this season. Um, I have McKinnon at 26, so obviously he is you know, a potential flex play. Ooh, excuse me, a potential flex play, uh, but yeah, I'm not excited about starting McKinnon this week. And even last week, McKinnon wasn't great against the Giants. He just happened to get into the end zone and had some work in the passing game, but you know, uh, this week, you know, Eagles do a good job at stopping running backs. So, you know, uh, obviously he's, a, you know, if you need to start him, you can, but just, you know, beware of, temper you know, that Eagles defense. Yeah. Temper expectations. Uh, so I am interested in this because I don't know who Nathan Jerry is going to be guarding, but I pray that it's not George Kittle. Nathan Jerry for the Eagles, when teams throw on him, they have a perfect passer rating. <laughs> so whoever Nathan Jerry is guarding, 
is probably going to catch the ball. <laughs> <laughs> they don't drop the ball. They don't miss. It's complete every time. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. I'm praying that, I mean, I don't think Jalen Mills is going to be that much better at stopping George Kittle because Kittle's just too big and massive uh, for Kittle him. Kittle is going to go off. Did you see his training oh. video today right away? No. Dude. This dude is sick. He has a medicine ball, right? And he's doing push-ups on a medicine ball. And he's launching himself off the ground, pulling the medicine ball to his chest and hitting it back on the ground, then doing push-ups. And he's like, dude, I'm like, bro, George Kittle is going to smash this week. (laughs) Great this week. Yeah, he's going to smash this week. Yeah. Um, From the wide receiver position, I don't think there's anybody. I mean, Debo's coming back, it seems like, but you're going to ease him into his workload. I wouldn't feel comfortable starting Ayuk. I know that the Eagles' secondary – you know, they kind of got tossed or thrown on a lot last week. You know, Boyd had to did his thing, and T. Higgins had a couple touchdowns, but it's really unpredictable on how the, on this with this 49ers wide receiver core. So I would be my word. This is this is the week that Kendrick Bourne has a- sixty yards <laughs> and two touchdowns. Watch, I'm telling you. Uh, the, uh, DFS play. DFS Tournament? play. Tournament play of the week. Kendrick Bourne. All right, guys, so that brings us to our final game, a potential shootout in Lambeau. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, who are 0-3 versus the 3-0 and Green Bay Packers. Yep. Uh, you know, obviously, Matt Ryan in this game is a start. Uh, Calvin Ridley, you know, um, Julio Jones, he's probably going to play this week. Uh, you know, um, Todd Gurley is is still you know a startable option and you know probably actually has a pretty good matchup. Green Bay you know is not good against the run and, and Christian Kirksey has been has been you know banged up and I'm pretty sure he's out. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was out last week. Um, so yeah, I do think Gurley could possibly have a good game. You know as well as you know Julio and Calvin Ridley, uh, you know Russell Gage, um, you know if you need to. Um, I I will say Jared Cook was kind of silent even before he got hurt last week, so I don't know if Hayden Hurst necessarily has the biggest game. So I probably wouldn't be, I probably be a little nervous to start Hayden Hurst at this point, just knowing what we've seen and how he had really, you know, hasn't really been used too much. But um, you know, if I had to start him, I'd probably have to start him uh, from Green Bay side of the ball. You know, you got. Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams, and there ain't nobody else. You can nobody else. I'm starting. Yep. But man, Dem- I, dude, I think that Devontae Adams could get what 17, 18, 19 targets. targets in this game. Like, I think, I think, I think they're literally just going to pepper this dude. He's just going to, he's just going to be getting hit in the freaking hands with the ball all game. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is just on fire right now too. Oh, man. As an Aaron Rodgers owner, I can't wait to see what he does against this Falcon secondary. I think he can torch this Falcon secondary. So do I. And I, I mean, for real. I mean, this is going to be a huge game for, for I think, both guys. I think it's going to be a huge game for uh, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. I think both of those guys are going to get crazy targeted. And, uh, yeah, I Aaron like Jones. Aaron Jones running running game may not be as good as what it's been because that's one thing the Falcons have been doing is doing a good job against running backs. But I do think the same. I think that Aaron Jones could see, you know, seven, eight targets in the passing game, have another six or seven catches and, you know, really, really light it up in, in PPR. Yep, I completely agree. All right. So I guess that right. is 
it. That is it for the games. Uh, you want to hop in this? Do do these some of these? Uh, yeah, Star we're going to do a couple of Star Sick questions. We got some some uh, questions on the website today, so we are going to answer them. All right, so we have. Let's see here. Let's do. We're two. We're an hour and seven minutes in. So let's do seven minutes of of questions. We'll go to an hour and fifteen. All right, so we have uh, Estrada seventy nine asks. Pick two, full PPR, uh, Preston Williams, Jarek McKinnon, AP, Rojo, Emmanuel Sanders, or Golden Tate. Got to pick two, full PPR. Go through the list again. Preston Williams, Jarek McKinnon, AP, Rojo, Emmanuel Sanders, and Golden Tate. This is pretty, actually, I think this is pretty easy for me. I, I'll get my guys. So, I, I for me, I'm going to go Rojo and Preston Williams. Okay. Um, Jarek McKinnon. I got Rojo. I got Rojo. Uh, yeah, as well. Rojo. AP. You know, in a full PPR, he's probably not going to catch a whole lot. And the Saints' defense is very good. Jarek McKinnon uh, might catch the ball a little bit against the Eagles, but they're going to stop him in the running game. Uh, so unless he has a touchdown in this game, you're going to have be hard pressed to get a whole bunch of points out of him. Uh, Manuel Sanders also has a tough matchup this week. Golden Tate. I just don't trust the uh, you know Jones to get him the ball at this point, especially. Yep. You know, I, that 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 offense needs to uh, figure something out before before I trust anybody on that offense at this point. And, you know, to me, Preston Williams is in a in a hell of a matchup with the Seattle Seahawks, who are actually one and two. Their corners are one and two in the league and giving up the most points to wide receivers. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Preston Williams and Rojo. Um, for me, I think this pretty much depends on your team. Um, and, and what you're looking at, if you are a team that, you know, is projected to win, just needs consistent points, I would probably go with Rojo and Jarek McKinnon, honestly. But if you needed some points, you know, maybe the guy, maybe, you know, the team you're playing has Melvin Gordon or, you know, playing against had Melvin Gordon who had a pretty good game and you need to, you know, really, really, you know, bring your points up. Then I would go Preston Williams. Cause I think Preston Williams, you know, definitely has a chance to have a blow up game but um if i needed just consistent points you know i do think that you know jarek mckinnon is good for you know probably 40 40 or 50 yards rushing probably you know four or five catches for 40 yards so he could probably get you you know at least 12 fantasy points in ppr and if he gets into the end zone that's just a bonus so if i need a consistent production i would probably go with uh jarek mckinnon but if i needed a big week i would go with preston williams yep and uh our next question comes from Feaster Mode 69. So, Feaster Mode 69 asks, I have two people in my fl- I need two for my flex. Uh Jeff Wilson. Oh no, I'm sorry. Two flex half PPR. He said, I have Jeff Wilson with Mostert out or Devin Singletary. So, he I guess he's saying he needs one of these guys for his flex, but he has two different guys he's trying to he's trying to pick from. So he has Jeff Wilson going up against the Eagles, and he have Mostert going up. I mean, and uh, Singletary going up against Las Vegas. To me, this is very simple. I'm going. I'm going Devin Singletary. Uh, Jeff Wilson is a guy that is going to probably see some touches, but I don't think the way to score on the Eagles is by running the ball at all. And he's probably going to need to, like I said, with. With the way that they're going to use McKinnon, I don't think it's the exact same way they use Wilson. I think Wilson is more of a running back than a pass catcher. Um, And the Eagles just don't give up a lot on the ground to teams. You know, they make guys throw on them. So, 
to me, this is a, a, a situation where I think Devin Singletary is going to, you know, probably see 12 carries at least and five or six catches in this game. So to me, he's the much safer play. Yep. I'm 100% in agreement. All right. So the next question is, uh, I don't really want to do trade questions, but we'll do one trade question because this one's not terrible. Uh, full PPR trade straight up. Julio for James Conner. I would be getting James Conner. I am stacked at running back. Oh, this is coming from uh, JJ Way KJ. That's a <laughs> hell of a name. Um, and he says, I have a bunch of wide receivers. He didn't name them. He just says, I have a bunch of wide receivers, so I'm okay with getting rid of Julio. Do you think Connor straight up for Julio gets the job done? Um, I mean, it would get the job done, but I wouldn't give Connor. I wouldn't give Julio straight up for Connor. No, I mean, I, I no, I wouldn't. I got to get more. Yeah, yeah I got to get I, more. I mean, I, I know Julio missed a game, and he's, you know, coming off a bad week two weeks ago. But let's be honest, man. You know, Julio's going to be a top five wide receiver, probably. You know maybe top 10 this year if Calvin Ridley keeps up his production, but Mm -hmm. he's still going to be top 10. And, you know, there's no way I'm giving up Julio Jones for, you know, an injury plagued running back who, you know, at any given moment this year could, could definitely get injured. And, you know, Steve talked about Anthony McFarland looking good the other day. Benny Snell looked good earlier in this season. You know, there's definitely potential that, you know, Connor, if he gets injured, could potentially could lose that job, especially if those other guys are, you know, running, running well. Yeah, I I completely agree. I, I, there's no way I do this trade. Um, to me, and this is going to sound crazy. I know Julio missed last week, but to me, to, if you're going to trade, if I'm going to trade away Julio straight up for a player, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a top seven running back. Like, I am not taking less than a top seven running track for Julio, straight up. Now, if you're in a dynasty league, obviously that's different. If you're in a keeper league where you have to keep Julio in, let's say, the first round or something like that, and, you know, you think, you know, your team is not that great, you might get a, you know, the first overall pick next year or something like that, then obviously you're not going to keep Julio. But, you know, to me, Julio, I know, is locked for 10 targets every single week. And on this team, with that defense, he could be a lock for 13 targets every single week, and that's not crazy. So, you know, you would have to really knock my socks off to get Julio for a one-for-one deal. Yep. All right, so this next question is, I uh, this is from MKZ457. Uh, says, hmm, okay. He says, I have Chris Godwin, who obviously is injured this week. I also have Dobbins. I was offered Michael Thomas for Godwin and Dobbins. Do I take this deal? Um, I would do this, definitely. There's no doubt. He's, yeah, at, he's yeah. saying he has Godwin and Dobbins, yeah. and he was offered Michael Thomas for this. Yeah, Michael Thomas is probably going to be back next week, and uh, Godwin uh, might not be back for like two more weeks. I don't even think this is a question. Why Why is this even like, I understand maybe Dobbins takes over that job and you wind up, you know, losing a running back. Maybe if this is dynasty, I probably would. I may not do it because, you know, I know next year, uh, you know, got Dobbins is going to be, you know, probably the lead running back for Baltimore and, and Chris Godwin is younger than Michael Thomas, or at least, you know, they're around the same age. Uh, but you know, maybe dynasty. I don't do this trade, but if this is a redraft league, I'm, 
I'm pulling the trigger ASAP, man. Michael Thomas is going to be back next week. Dobwin ain't going to be back for two weeks. So you're already gaining a week from receiver production. And all you're really giving up is is J.K. Dobbins. You know, it's literally, yeah. you know, I, I would I would love to do that. Yep. I, this, yeah, that's definitely not. What has J.K. Dobbins showed you at this so far through three weeks that you're like need to hang on to him in a redraft league? <laughs> it's so funny because the very next question we have is a, is a, is a drop question. He says, should I drop either Dobbins or Don, uh, Devante Freeman to pick up Debo Samuel? I am desperate at wide receiver. Hell oh, yes. I'm dropping, I'm dropping Freeman. I'm probably yeah. dropping Freeman first. Cause frankly, I don't think Freeman is that good. And Dobbins can be good if he takes over that, that job. So I would definitely drop Freeman first and I'm, I would, and if I even if I didn't have Freeman, and I had to drop Dobbins to do it, I would definitely drop Dobbins to pick up Debo Samuel if I needed a wide receiver. All right, so we're gonna do the lightning round. Okay, I'm gonna ask you four questions. You are going to give your answer. I will give mine. We will give no explanation. We will just answer the questions because we're trying to get as many questions as we can. So this is the lightning round. It's gonna go three minutes, and that'll take us to an hour and twenty. All right, so. Uh, Dale Mill 772 asks, start three. Uh, doesn't say if it's PPR or not, but Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, uh, Mike w- Evans, DJ Moore, AJ Green. Uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Stefan Diggs, DJ Moore, AJ Green. Okay. So I'm starting. <clears throat> hmm. Uh, I'm going to start Stefan Diggs, obviously. Um, probably DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were talking who Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and who was the last one? AJ Green. Um, I would probably go with Keenan Allen. So they would be my three. Yep. Uh, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, and DJ Moore are my three yep. too. So yep. consensus. All right. Um, uh, Mo Jags, Jag Boy. Okay. 0.5 PPR trade. No, we're not asking that one. All right. So next one. Uh, oh, by the way, that bet, that guy, man, you need to trade one of those receivers and a running back and upgrade your running back position because yeah. you got all four of those guys. Yeah. You could probably, that means your running back position might be a little struggle, but so I would definitely try to get a, a running back for one of those receivers. Man, lying. All right. So AJ Green or CD land this week. Uh, so for me, I have CD Lamb four spots higher. It's funny. I have CD Lamb literally right in front of AJ Green, so it's consensus. All right. Uh, same guy. Uh, asks Monty or Gurley? Who? Monty. David Montgomery. Oh, okay. Yeah, David Montgomery or Todd Gurley. Uh, I have Todd Gurley one spot ahead of Montgomery. Yeah, I have Montgomery at uh, 18, and I have Todd Gurley at 21. So it's close, but we are consensus on that one as well. Uh, I think you were you were you had Montgomery higher. I have Gurley one spot higher. Oh, so. okay. So we're not consensus. I have David no. Montgomery at 18, and Todd Gurley at 21. And it's yeah. only because Todd Gurley has been terrible this year, and I think they're going to get blown out in that game. Probably have to throw a lot. So. That's why I have Montgomery in head. That's literally – I think the Indianapolis Colts-Bears game will be closer and Montgomery will probably get a whole bunch more touches. Um, all right, so the next question is from Brian McCann, 30-30-30. Should I drop 
Cam Akers to open up a roster spot. Um, no. Mm, I would not do that. No. I, I mean, not at this point. You know, I mean, depending on who's on their waiver wire, uh, you know, and who you're dropping to pick up, but I'm not just having a free open spot on my bench and getting rid of Cam Akers. Yeah, no. All right, so last question, guys. I need two P- I need two wide receivers, one point PPR. Thielen, Keenan Allen, Diggs, Mike Evans, or AJ Green. So Thielen, Keenan Allen, Diggs, Evans, AJ Green. Say it, say the list again. Need two PPR wide receivers. Thielen, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, Mike Evans, AJ Green. Steel Thielen, Diggs, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and AJ Green. Yep. Man, geez, these guys all have like Evans, Green, I know. I know. E. Allen. Um, for me, it's going to be Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Keenan Allen. Yeah, I have it. That's how I have it. So Keenan Allen. I actually have I actually have Diggs ahead of everyone. So Diggs number one, Thielen number two, and Keenan Allen number three. But he needs three. So or needs two. So Keenan Allen and Diggs. Oh. Or no, uh, uh Adam Thielen I, and Diggs. I, I was gonna say Thielen and Diggs. Yeah, Thielen and Diggs is, is where I'm going. All right, and that's it. That is it, guys. Uh so uh, we will be back on Monday to wrap up your week. Good luck to everybody out there in your fantasy games this week. Uh, and let's all pray that we have no further COVID issues. Um, you know, remember to check us out on the website, www.cheatcodesports.com. That's www.cheatcodesports.com for your rankings, your articles, your cheat codes, and the defensive breakdowns. And until next time, peace out, guys. Peace.